my name is Georgina Canny, uh, and I run the Pragmatic Alumni Community, and we're really happy to bring you this conversation um, from the Pragmatic Alumni, alumni Community. Uh, we call it the PAC for short. Uh, and today we are joined by the fantastic Joy Levin. Uh, she's here to discuss insights that product teams need uh, in uncertain times. I am thrilled to introduce all of you to Joy. She founded and is the president um, of Alimium Research and Analytics, um, uh, excuse me, Allium. Uh, she helps organizations use marketing research and analytics for business discovery. Uh, and she provides her insights and solutions to really big clients, really small clients, anything from a startup to the Fortune 50. Um, and she's especially good at kind of peeling away the layers of customer thought and behavior so that you can pull actionable insights out of it and gain that competitive advantage that we're all looking for. Uh, Joy is also an ambassador of the PAC, the alumni community, um, which means that she's accepted uh, exclusive and premier leadership role to bring her insights to our community members on an ongoing basis. Um, so we're absolutely thrilled to have her in general, as well as today. Uh, today, she is joining us to help puzzle out what marketers need to look at in uncertain climate. And she's also going to share best practices for making the impact that you need in your business today. Um, so with that, Joy, I am happy to pass over to you uh, and take it away. Well, thank you so much for that introduction. So first, you know, I want to wish everyone well out there. I hope everybody is safe and healthy. Um, a couple of things relevant to today. One is that I graduated from grad school in the middle of a very uncertain time globally. So if you're in a similar position today, where you're going through a professional transition of any kind in the midst of all this uncertainty, I definitely get it. Um, also, having been in the industry for nearly three decades, I've been involved with research and insights through several recessions so far and other times of crisis like we're seeing today. So I've experienced conducting studies at times like this before, and at a time when there is so much uncertainty, there is a lot of confusion about what kind of research to conduct, if we should even be doing that. So. For product marketers, it's really easy to be unsure of what to do in this environment. So I hope today's talk will provide you with some direction and support in the work you're trying to do. So why should we do research now? Is this even a good idea? Is it a good time to get insights? Um, so that's a key question we'll be going over. Also, I'll be giving some uh, relevant statistics to put today's talk into some context. We'll also be going over some types of studies to consider doing right now and uh, what to cover in those studies. Um, we'll be talking about how to do some of these in some ways that are really quick and low cost. And I'll also be giving you some best practices on how to do them in a way that makes the most sense. Um, at the end, I'll be just going over some uh, few issues to keep in mind. And then um, we'll finish up with some Q&A. So like I said, the first question is really um, right now, why you should consider undertaking some research now? And is that even a good idea? So there is definitely a tendency to, right now to hit the pause button or cancel many different projects and other marketing initiatives, which is totally understandable. 
In times, um, in, I'm sorry, in terms of market research, there is concern about not bothering people, concerns about resources, both cash and time. And also with regard to research, because this is such an unusual time, the thinking for some people is why gather insights now because will the current results be useful later on? So clearly there are scenarios where canceling or pausing definitely makes sense. If your customers work in infectious disease field, for example, or if you work with companies in the travel or hospitality industries, um, I think this is a time to tread lightly. However, I think there are some compelling reasons for marketers to consider conducting research during this time that can really guide your company in determining if it makes sense to collect insights now and how to do it. So the first thing is we're in a very dynamic time and your customers' needs, their priorities, their concerns, the way they perceive things, all of this has changed dramatically from just a few months ago or even in the last few weeks. We are in a new reality in which many of you will need to refine your messaging because the foundations upon what that messaging was based has likely shifted considerably. So you may have built content, marketing messages, brand positioning based on certain emotional end benefits. So for example, in the past, your customers may have been motivated to purchase because of their desire for convenience, or they wanna be perceived as an authority or some other emotional underpinning. However, there is clearly a lot of anxiety right now, as well as other emotional drivers. So doing some research now empowers you to understand them, to support them, and I'll have some suggestions on how you can use research now to even strengthen your customers. So the second thing is in the last few weeks, we've seen an incredibly sharp turnaround in the messages people need to hear and the products and services they want. So companies that have survived uncertain times in the past often do best when they pivot. So getting answers and insights from your target audience can support your need to pivot, as well as if your customers are facing this type of situation. And I'll be addressing more about that in a few minutes. The other, um, another issue is whether people will respond to surveys right now. So the answer is that more people are available right now and many vendors are reporting that they're seeing increased response rates and that can uh, increase the validity of your studies. And that's true for both studies among consumers and businesses. One research vendor, said they have seen a 39% increase among participants and a 52% increase in sessions among both consumer and B2B panels. And, and another, the fourth reason is that by getting insights now, you improve your ability to prepare both your company and yourself as a marketer for the next time there's a major change. If you know how your customers react to change, what's on their minds, and how their behaviors and attitudes have been altered, it can make you a more proactive marketer the next time there's a shift. So it may not be another pandemic, of course, it could be a major industry change, new regulations, new competitors. In any case, getting insights now can help you to reduce risk, both now and in the future when other changes occur. And the other part of this is if you can share any of your findings with your audience at a time like this, 
you can also give your customers greater confidence in their decision-making and powerful information on how they can navigate their own businesses. So a couple of other things I just wanna mention, and these are not necessarily reasons to conduct research right now, but they are things to consider. First, there is a tremendous need for human connection right now. So I've worked from home as an independent consultant um, for many years, and on most days or many days, I only leave to go to the gym or drive my kids around to get to places they need to go. But even for someone like me, who is such an introvert, I am experiencing the need for these connections. And talking to someone can address some of the isolation that many of your customers are really feeling right now. In fact, I was reading an article last week by a consultant, uh, her name is Susan Fowler, and she works with professionals on motivation. And she talked about ways to invoke peace during these times. And she wrote about having, how having choices and connections and competence based on facts and not hearsay helps us all with uncertainty. So she wasn't talking about market research, but I do think what she says is applicable to this topic. And finally, at a time when so much is beyond our control, providing input gives people a sense of having some little sense of control over what is happening. And seeing companies move forward with initiatives can provide us with a sense of stability and even optimism. So just I uh, wanted to give some um, relevant statistics because this could be a great time for your organization to collect insights, to mitigate risks and provide direction for growth and maximize opportunity. So one statistic I was reading is um, this company Kantar, which is a large research organization, conducted a study in the past few weeks among thousands of global consumers. And they report that 78% that believe that brands should be helping them in their daily lives. So this was a consumer study, but I'm sure many businesses feel the same way. So the question here is, do your customers feel this way? And if so, how might your company achieve this? Um, another study by Global Web Index, another insights and analytics organization, determined that over the past month, 93% of consumers in 13 countries reported that they have increased the time they are spending on in-home media consumption. Not a shock, I'm sure. So clearly people are consuming a lot of information right now and there's a lot coming at them. So I think there are two questions here. How do they wanna hear from you and other companies they find influential and what do they wanna know? So in that global Windex, global web index study, consumers were asked if they thought brands should be advertising as normal. So one thing here is there's a lot of polarization with 37% agreeing that they should advertise as normal, 36% were neutral, and 28% disagreed. They felt that brands should not be advertising as normal. So here, do you know how your customers fall out along these lines about your brands and your competitors? Um, so let's look at the B2B side for those of you who operate on that model. Here's a study conducted among businesses by an organization called Cascade Insights. In a study of B2B companies conducted last month, 80% said their organization's operations have been at least partially disrupted. Are your customers experiencing this? And if so, what do they want from you that can increase their productivity and efficiency and calm their chaos? 
And um, similar to that um, consumer study, there were some differences here as well. The degree to which operations were being moderately or totally disrupted varied significantly by industry, with 72% of manufacturing companies saying so, but the same was true of less than half of financial service companies and about a third of tech companies. So your reactions, your messaging, your content probably should um, differ if your products are used by different verticals or different segments. And here's one more statistic. A study by Gartner conducted back in 2019 indicated that B2B customers were 70% more likely to say a growth purchase requires organizational change. They might not make the change otherwise. In other words, change begets change rather than sticking with what's already known. So how can you be positioned for change among your customers and what kinds of changes can you support them through? So when taking all of this into consideration, there are a lot of questions to think about for marketers and the reasons I talked about earlier and these statistics suggest there are insights you should be gathering now. There is a lot of change obviously, and some of this may be permanent. I keep reading, for example, that this work from home trend may not be a trend. And in many cases, the future may mirror what many have been forced into today with it possibly being more of a choice to work from home. And also some industries may look a lot different several months down the road than where they were when we just entered this new year. So I think the main study to consider doing right now is a industry and customer trend study. So if you already have some type of benchmarking study you've conducted before, you can use that as a starting place, or you may be starting from scratch. But in either case, I wanna spend some time talking about what you should cover in terms of some major lines of inquiry, some places to get this information and some best practices. So I think one thing you'll wanna go into is exploring specific concerns among your target audience and how prevalent they are. So here is where you wanna go deep and explore the many different issues they're talking about. Certainly asking directly how they're feeling right now about the coronavirus and how it's impacting them makes definitely makes sense. I think in addition to going specific in, into specific concerns, you also wanna get some broad based perceptions of what they're hearing from their own customers or the people that are influential to them when they make purchase decisions. You also definitely want to get a sense of how they're being impacted and what might be changing for them. And you also want to find out what specifically they want to hear from you right now. Um, I think there are a lot of behavioral and attitudinal changes you would find in, in doing this kind of research. And really most importantly here, or very importantly, the customers of tomorrow for you and also for your customers may be completely different. They may be totally different markets for both of you, for you and your own customers. So I alluded to this earlier when I talked about pivoting, a lot of industries are experiencing real upheaval right now. And depending upon the industries for you and your customers, this can require you to pivot. Pivoting can be a very challenging and overwhelming situation, but the need for insights when you're doing that is especially critical. So if you're in that situation, I want to provide you with a roadmap of sorts to give you some sense of how to navigate and plan a move like that in terms of the insights you should gather. 
So because this can be so challenging and overwhelming, I put together a cheat sheet or a template or whatever you wanna call it to walk you through some of these key insights. So this template is being made available to you in the chat. So you can go ahead and grab your copy at any time. In the meantime, I'm gonna start walking you through this template. So um, here's what this looks like, and it contains the major insights areas you wanna think about when you're pivoting. You wanna complete this both for where things are today and where things look like for tomorrow. So you can see I've left room in each box for both timeframes. So you wouldn't necessarily complete this like going from side to side and top to bottom. You'll probably go back and forth and move around, but it gives you some sense of the feedback you wanna collect now and how to organize it. So first of all, these customers might look very different from the ones you have now. So that's in that top box or the, the second row on that left side. So you'll wanna really give some thought to who they are and their demographics for starters. For consumers, that could include things like age or income, presence of children, and presence of children is really important right now. Many consumers and, and professionals are tasked not just with working, but for working with their kids and while their kids are around. So whether you're pivoting or not, that's something to consider. What are people in that situation looking for and how can you deliver something they need? So the major concerns that next box to the right um, can be very different as well. While anxiety is increasing the number of concerns people have, this is where it can be useful to go deep. You'll want to get a sense of the degree to which they're thinking about various issues, but you also want to try to identify their primary concerns because this can help you focus on how you can best position your products to meet their needs. The next box is what you provide to them. If you're pivoting, the needs of potential customers may require you to provide something very different from what you've provided before. By collecting that information, you can see how you can continue to address your current customers while beginning to explore new opportunities. And all of this means you'll likely need to change your messaging. So you wanna get a sense of what types of communication they want and how to hear it. So the target audience you're pivoting to might require a different tone. They might have specific vocabulary and you wanna make sure that your messaging covers all of their concerns and needs in a very benefit-oriented way, but that it also conveys that in ways that they'll be receptive to it. You also wanna research their buying triggers and how they might be different from the triggers and the whole customer journey of your current target market. So a new target market may have very different milestones that your current audience has and a different sales cycle. So again, these are things to research and identify. And what may be most important, what is the value proposition you need to offer them so that your products resonate with their needs? This is where it's really important not to focus on the features of your products, but the benefits they provide. And again, this is something that can be dramatically different between current customers and potential customers. So there are also other considerations at the bottom to think about too, like the media they consume, their behaviors, their perceptions. You may have very different competitors in a new market. And as I said, not just the buying triggers, but the whole customer journey might be different. Social media channels may have changed. I was just reading that adoption of TikTok has grown by almost 30% in the last month. 
It's just one example of how some channels are experiencing dramatic changes. And so there are two things to consider here. One is how the channels themselves are changing. They're offering a lot more features to people and a lot more benefits to people. And also, are the channels that your customers using changing and are they different for your, you know, your new market? So I want to show you what this might look like. I, I completed an example of this. So, um, and you'll see this probably better in the download, but you can get a good sense of it here. So years ago, there was a company called Glitch, which was a game that enabled players to work collaborative, collaboratively. Um, and to make a long story short, Glitch ended up having to shut down, but its founder and some key employees used part of the platform for, of the game to create something new called Slack. So the company had to make some really big pivots and ended up doing so successfully. While they didn't go through this particular exercise with this cheat sheet or template, I thought the way this is laid out provides a good foundation to gathering insights that can make a pivot happen quickly. So you can see the differences in the boxes of how they had to pivot. It's essentially changing from a B2C company to a B2B company. And so there were changes made in every aspect of things. So you can see, so if we were today at Glitch and going to Slack, um, you can see that the customers of today, um, assuming this is Glitch, are video gamers, but they've identified this new market of companies. A completely different focus is required here. The major concerns of each are different, moving from play with others to how to communicate easily in a business environment. We were providing a fun game experience, but our customers of tomorrow will look to us to provide a tool that unifies communications. Today's messaging involves collaborative creating and gathering activities, while tomorrow's message needs to focus on reducing the cost of communication, making better decisions faster, and driving organizational transformation. The buying triggers have changed from interest in a new gaming experience to the internal overwhelm that occurs when needing to communicate in a business environment. And the value proposition shifts dramatically from making greater connections with others who like to play games to one that enables companies to have relaxed, productive employees who are masters of their own communication and how Slack will build value for a team. And then there, of course, there are these other issues at the bottom that your organization will want to think about. So the next, next question is how to get this information and these insights, if you're pivoting or if you're not. Where can you get the data that will inform whatever decisions you need to make so that you're making sound judgments based on solid information? So there are a number of different ways I want to go through um, that may be relevant for you. So one is to, um, and there are two different paths here. So this first path is primary research. And one way to do that is by doing customer or industry surveys. And I'll expand that to say, you can also get information from non-customers. And in a few minutes, I'll get into some best practices and tactics for you to consider if you wanna do that. So another really good tactic to use right now is internal data segmenting on your own customer database. You can find some really valuable information if you take the time to do some analysis on the data you already have. You may have hidden segments in there that can lead you to new opportunities. And this can be from previous voice of the customer surveys to your database to product registration information. 
Also, your sales teams right now can be a great source of information. Ask them to have conversations with customers, not to sell, but to really find out what's going on. And in this case, they can talk one-on-one -on -one virtually, um, or it can make sense for them to talk in groups. And it can be especially helpful um, if they have an internal product person from your team on those calls. It gives them a great chance to hear directly from the customer and can lead to some really valuable exchanges. I was on a call just like this, like two days ago, and it was really helpful to have the product person take notes in the conversation so that the salesperson could focus exclusively on the customer. And finally, this um, can also be a really good time to consider forming a customer advisory board if you don't already have one. And I could have a whole different talk on a customer advisory board, but essentially having some time for customers to regularly give you feedback in a setting that's convenient and really valuable for them can help you get a quick sense in the future as to when things might be changing. Also, um, one tool that is so untapped are professional or trade associations, either those that your company belongs to or those that represent your target market. And that can be your target market of today or tomorrow. So these organizations exist to serve their members. And since you wanna go beyond your current customers, this is a great way to get industry-wide feedback. A lot of these associations are really challenged right now because they're having to cancel events that they counted on for substantial revenues. But still it's worth asking. And since many have changed to online events, which are usually less expensive to pull off, they might have some internal resources that they can use to work with you on this. It can be really powerful if you get some other companies to approach these associations with together. And partnerships can be a great way. If you partner with another company or a few in your space to do a study with or without the involvement of an association. For example, someone in another vertical might wanna team up with you or one of your vendors or a customer or a company that might offer a really good opportunity to form a strategic partnership with. So next, I wanna go through some best practices for these methods. Doing this kind of research can be really tricky. So first of all, you definitely at this time really wanna convey concern for, your well, for their well-being. You are concerned about them as humans and you wanna make sure this is clear, either in the survey invitation or in the discussion your salespeople have or whatever it is you're doing. Think of creative ways to do this throughout the research experience um, or the, the experience your potential customer has. Um, you also want to keep it pretty short now. We're not talking about, you know, having people do a major study right now that takes a lot of time. It may be that you just ask a few questions. And if you're doing a survey, you really want to keep it to um, the length of time to complete being 10 minutes or less for sure. Normally, one-on-one -on -one conversations should be kept to 30 minutes, but currently I would suggest less time. People have a lot on their minds right now and you wanna go overboard in being respectful. You also wanna word questions really carefully, um, especially in this environment. Um, you wanna make sure they're well thought out and well designed. So I wanna show you an example and I'm not gonna name the company that sent this out, but I received the survey just the other day. So the first question they asked about the current environment is what's the impact on people? And the choices were reallocated team without training needs, training and development of people for reallocation, 
and at risk of layoffs. So there's no op other options here. There's no other, none of the above. There, there are probably a lot of other scenarios they didn't cover here. So if you're, there's also no other please specify option. So if you're forced to giving an answer, you have to wonder how valid this data will be um, if you don't fit into one of these buckets. The next question was, what's the impact on budget? Um, and so the options were dramatically increased, slightly increased, decreased, and remain consistent. So here we have no idea what's dramatic and slight. That could be so different. It could be tens of thousands of dollars for somebody and just a lot less for another company. Um, and because there are two increased options here and only one decrease, that can also create bias. So all of this can call into question the experience you have when taking a survey, what your customers will experience, um, and which can turn call into question the decisions you make based on these results. So it's really important to really think through how you're wording questions. So getting back to best practices, um, you can also use this as an opportunity to communicate. There's a lot of value in asking just a few open-ended questions because it allows you to hear from customers in their own words. They're also harder for people to respond to, so you wanna limit yourself to just a few of those. Um, you also wanna clarify in your invitation why you're doing this kind of study. It's not for some frivolous reason, it's because you have a specific reason you're doing that, this and their feedback is extremely important. And this is where you should also think about offering the option to share the results. Remember how I talked about earlier, how you can use this to strengthen your customers in what they're trying to do. And sharing results is a great way to do that. It can give them guidance in terms of what is out there and what's happening, how their peers are responding, as well as equipping them to make more informed business decisions. You also always want to pre-test the survey in this current environment. You also want to do what we call soft launches, where you just launch a survey to um, several people or a few dozen or whatever it is to get a sense of how people are answering. So then you can possibly tweak some things and launch it to a larger, larger audience. You also want to consider the language and the tone, um, especially since you may be talking to potential customers who aren't familiar with your company or what you do. And finally, there are geographic differences to consider right now because things are affecting geographies in so many different ways and also cultural norms. So I also wanna give you quickly some secondary sources to use for this type of research, um, which is the other method I talked about earlier. And we really don't have a lot of time to go into these, but I wanna name a few for you to check out. So you can feel free to follow up with me after if you want more information about them but using these resources and tools can be really fast and easy to do. Um, they're not as thorough, but you, they give you some good information really quickly. So one is a tool called Also Asked, which can tell you what questions your target audience is asking based on searching. So when you do a search and you come up with people also asked, there's a tool that gathers all of those questions. So this, is, this tool is a great way to find out what your target audience might be asking right now. The Google Keyword Planner can be also really helpful. It can give you some ideas of the keywords your target audience is using. Google Trends, another really useful tool to see how things might be changing in your industry. And Answer the Public can be great because 
it can also, um, it gives you the ideas for content and for messaging because it shows you all kinds of questions in a very visual way that people are likely asking right now. Um, if you're, especially if you're a consumer marketer, Facebook audience insights can be a goldmine of information in terms of demographics, target audiences, and what their interests are. And then I would also recommend tools called um, SpyFu or SEMrush if you're not familiar with them. They can give you insights into what your competitors are doing in terms of SEO and pay-per-click advertising, as well as keywords that your competitors are using. Um, and finally, also, there is a ton of information out there already on blogs and podcasts and webinars for you to explore to get some terrific insights. So feel free to take a screenshot of this slide um, so you can have them all. Like I said, feel free to reach out to me um, so you can research these tools after our discussion finishes. So just a few issues to keep in mind. Um, you really want to have clearly defined objectives when you do any kind of research. What is this going to accomplish for you? How will you use the results? What kinds of decisions will you make? All of this should really be thought through before. Also, you want a really well thought out plan of attack. Um, you want to think through what resources you'll need to do this. Who's going to be responsible for designing the survey? Who's going to review it? Who will launch it? And who will do the back end analysis? If you use the secondary sources I mentioned, who will spend the time that's needed on those? And in either case, how will results be communicated? And also be aware of bias, um, especially if you're comparing these results to things from the past. So make sure you view your results through the lens of the current environment. And that is it. So I'm happy to take questions now. Um, one question that came in about um, the template um, is when you say customers of tomorrow, are you suggesting that folks ask the customer the differences they see with customers tomorrow? Um, or how are you framing that? So in that template, that's for, it's, it's a good question because the template is really for you, who are your customers of today and your customers of tomorrow. But I think that's a really important question to think about when you're doing research for your audience. So if you're going to share these results, you really do want to help them to understand how might they pivot. So I think it's a valid question to ask in either case, either for yourself or when you're thinking about your customers. If you're doing some industry studies or customer studies, think from their perspective, who are they potentially pivoting to? And getting insights from those are really valuable. So that's why it can be helpful to go to these associations that are either yours or your customers. So you can get those kinds of audiences to answer those questions. Should people be concerned about how people are answering your questions now, right? Because they're living in um, a reality that is really different than normal. Um, the answer they give today is probably going to be pretty different than what they would have given a month or a month and a half ago. Um, should we be concerned about that? Yeah, so there's a couple of things about that. First of all, yes, you should, you should, and that's one of the things I mentioned at the end is really making sure to understand there is potential bias now. And so you want to view the results through the current lens of where we are. And so when you compare to previous results, you want to take that into mind. And I think it's something, I, I think this is a good starting point for people to 
start now and then do this periodically in all the different ways I mentioned. You don't have to do a huge study. You can do a small one or you can do a study now and then um, update it later through some of the secondary resources or switch back and forth. But I do think it's something where, yes, you want to keep in mind these trends may change on a dime and they may be different next week or you know next month or six months from now, a year from now. But I think that's true of the business environment in general. It's, a, it's just always dynamic, especially, you know, in the last couple of decades, things, I mean, when you think about where we were even five years ago, huge changes. So that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it now. It just means that you should really think about it through that lens. Bye guys. Thank you, Joy. That was fantastic. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you got a lot out of it.